Welcome back. Yes. For another week. Even though we're doing this all the same day. But you're not. You're coming back the following week. Yeah. We appreciate there's that. Because there's a thing called uh, timing of posts. Yeah. So it can upload automatically in the future. And we appreciate you. So we appreciate we you do. now. And when you're listening to this, we're still going to appreciate you in the future. So what does it matter? Deal with the appreciation. Yeah. Suck it up. Say thank you. Just like we are. You're welcome. Thanks for coming back. Yes. Thank you for being a listener. That's Brittany. That's Lacey. (laughs) And this week, what are you going to be talking about? We are going to talk about some drama. Drama, huh? Yeah, a bunch of uppity rich white people drama to be specific. Ooh, my fave. I love the hills. Oh, this is kind of, this is some hill shit. Oh, yes. Are you ready for this hill shit? Team LC forever. I never watched the hills. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess. I was all about, um, I was about Paris and Nicole. Oh, God. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm very excited that there's a Paris Hilton documentary coming out. Mm. You know what I have to say to that? Anyways. That's hot. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love Paris Hilton. (laughs) I love her so much. Paris Hilton, sponsor me, please. (laughs) All right, we're going to jump in our time machine. We're not going to go back as far as uh, 1570-whatever the fuck, but we're going to go back to... 1570. Isn't that when Delphine was born? No, that was like 18... Oh, 1870. She died in 1834. We're still not going that far back. We're going back to 2011. Seems like only yesterday. I know, it really does. You were like, what, a year old? (laughs) Me? No. (laughs) (laughs) I was, um, 16? Fuck, how old was I? 20? I was 20. Yeah. Oof. What an age. What an age 20 was. I'd rather be 20 again than 16. God. True. (laughs) All right. We're going to Irvine, California. And if you know where Irvine is, or you're aware of Irvine, this is some rich ass... Hoity-toity. Ass shit. Business men shit. Yes. Yeah. So on February 16th, 2011, at around 1.15 p.m., an anonymous male called 911 to report an unsafe driver. And um, basically, this random guy called and said that he was at his daughter's school and he uh, knew exactly what kind of car this woman was driving, who it belonged to, the license plate, all the details... And called to report her as being an unsafe driver. But you'll see why it's a crock of shit soon. So he made the call at 1.15. An officer went out to the school that Kelly Peters' daughter went to, uh, located Kelly, and asked the typical questions. Uh, She stated that she arrived at the school at 12.40, and this was corroborated by school staff. So... This phone call that happened 35 minutes later about an unsafe driver already doesn't add up. (coughs) So, 
What are you doing? Why are you I'm dying? I'm sorry. Choking on my spit. Oh. I took a drink of my soda. So, um, Kelly doesn't really know what is going on because she's like, I've been at my daughter's school. Like, I was helping teach a karate class. I volunteer here. And the cop was like, well, can I search your car? And she said, yeah, okay. And uh, he found 17 grams of pot, a pipe, 11 Percocet, and 29 Vicodin in that pocket thing behind the driver's seat of the car. And, oh, like, shit. some of it was just sticking straight out. Like, if someone walked by and looked in that, like, rear view window or whatever, they would have seen it. So hmm. he performed field sobriety tests on her, and she passed all of them. So this officer, uh, his name's Charles Shaver, he felt that something was a little bit fucky once he talked to the school staff and was like, okay, this woman's clearly not under the influence of anything. Like, she's she's been at the school pretty much all day long. What the fuck? So he tried to call the phone number that was provided by the 911 caller. And that shit was fake as fuck. So they hmm. checked the name that the 911 caller had given, and even though the caller stated that he had a kid at the school, school records had nobody with his name. So Kelly allowed officers to search her home because, like, she's really got nothing to hide, even though they got all this shit in her car, and they found nothing. So cops started kind of wondering if the drugs were planted, but by who? Because everyone that they talked to adored Kelly. They said that she was such a a great volunteer at the school she was a great mom she did she was very involved like didn't really understand why someone would try to plant drugs in her car mm -hmm. now get ready for this jelly because we're going to talk about I think i'm ready for this jelly you need to be ready i don't think you're ready for this My eyes too bootylicious bootylicious. um these people are not bootylicious mm -hmm. that's unfortunate yeah, well, um, once you hear their names, you're going to be like, they sound like they're not bootylicious. <laughs> their names are Kent and Jill Easter. No. Yes. That's their name. No. It gets better towards the end, though. Okay. Uh, they were a couple of uppity-ass, privileges-fuck attorneys who met at a law firm and decided to put their shitty powers together and get married. She ended up uh, stopping or quitting law. So she could be a stay-at-home mom, and she was the typical Pinterest stay-at-home mom type. You know, complete with Starbucks and yoga, and I'm sure those grossly adorable bento box school lunches. <laughs> I used to have Kelly one of those. Kelly had a mind... Yeah, but did did you get, like, your crust cut off into kitty cat shapes? And no. got some fruit on the kitty no. cat face? And yeah, I feel like this is the kind of mom she is. Yeah, I mean, my mom packed my lunch every day, but not like that. I didn't have a bento box until I bought myself one. Yeah, that's okay. If you want to cut your own sandwiches into cute kitty cat shapes, do you. <laughs> Speaking of kitty cats, I just turned around and watched Lola Paul Rufus. <laughs> Diamond was laying bear. over here, but I think she ran away. Yeah, Lola's just like, Mom, I got the kitty. <laughs> she's, she's not, just so everyone knows, she's not aggressive to cats. She loves kitties. She's not aggressive to anything. No. No. But she knows what get the kitty is, and get the kitty means she boops the kitties. Oh, bear. I have Don't throw that around. Great news. Did I what? did I tell you about my green onions? Yes. Okay. Well, I have to tell everybody else. I can't grow okay. anything. I have like a black thumb. True. N not even a succulent. Like I kill everything. Can't confirm. I am growing green onions. Very, very successfully. I have pretty much regrown a 
complete bundle of green onions from the store. And the, the roots are so long that they're like swirled down together in the bottom of the cup. Everyone applaud. Yeah. I was telling my father-in-law, he came over a couple days ago. I was like, look what I grew. And he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm so good at growing things. And he was just like, proud of you. <laughs> Congratulations. Green onions are like the easiest thing to grow ever. <laughs> you literally just put them in water. <laughs> but I'm, I'm proud of I'm you. Proud. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to eat them soon. You better post a picture of them. Okay, I will. Check out our Instagram stories. Yeah, we can uh, celebrate. Lacey will survive the winter. Yes. You know, with her green onions. You know, when I was a kid, I used to make green onion sandwiches. Oh, you're weird. My papa was the best babysitter ever. He would give me a butter knife to make my own sandwich with and, like, two pieces of Wonder Bread, you know, and then I would get mayo I would cut up green onions with a butter knife and put them on my white bread with mayonnaise and eat green onion sandwiches. And I remember, like, just being so proud of myself at the sandwich I made and, like, forcing myself to eat it with, like, a fake smile, you know? But I remember it being so fucking spicy. (laughs) But I was still so proud of my sandwich. (laughs) All right. Anyways. Oh, back to the drama. Okay. Kelly had a minor run-in with Jill literally, like, exactly a year before the drugs were planted. At that time, Kelly was a volunteer director for an after-school program, and she was rounding up the kids to take them out to their parents. Jill's six-year-old son was briefly left by the back door, where an after-school tennis teacher found him and walked him up to the front. Jill decided that this was unacceptable, and since she thought her kid seemed upset, she demanded to know what happened. Kelly told her that he was a little slow to line up, and according to Kelly, he tended to take his time, which wasn't unusual, and Jill took this as an insult. Kelly apologized repeatedly for not noticing the boy and even gave him a hug. Kelly noted that Jill seemed hyper-fixated on the tennis coach, making remarks about wondering if the teacher touched him inappropriately and stated it was strange that her son was brought to the front of the school. In a statement to the school following the incident, Kelly wrote that Jill asked me how I could sleep at night with the way I treat people. (laughs) And this started the year of drama. Like, this is going to be a little bananas how dramatic this shit is. And these are like 30-something-year-old women. (laughs) So just keep that in mind. (laughs) So the next day, Jill complained and stated that her son was locked out for 19 minutes and that he had been crying hysterically. She wanted Kelly removed from the school and wrote the following to school officials. She told me that she blames my son because he is slow and he often gets left behind because it's hard to wait for him. For the record, my son is very intelligent, mature, and athletic, and has successfully participated in many ACE classes. He is receiving good grades and has earned many awards this year. He is not mentally or physically slow by any standard. (laughs) Jill sounds like a Karen. Isn't she just great? So, um, when speaking to the principal of the school, Jill mentioned that both she and her husbands were attorneys. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Chill, bitch. In follow-up reports, nothing happened to the boy, and he was out for, quote, no longer than five to eight minutes. This bitch then decided to approach parents on school grounds to get them to join her in having Kelly removed from her volunteering duties. 
The principal intervened and let Jill know that would be considered harassment, and she said what she was doing wasn't harassment, and that she was within her rights and would continue until Kelly was gone. Do you like my um impression of yeah, her? Yeah, that's nice. It's a good touch. I think it's I think it's pretty spot on. <laughs> it got to the point where Kelly even volunteered to leave the school, and school officials told her no, and that they were on her side. Ooh. Jill then demanded that the Irvine PD investigate and charge Kelly, but no crime was committed, so I don't know what she thought they charged her with, but okay. <laughs> like, all right. When that didn't work out, she attempted to file a restraining order stating that Kelly was harassing and stalking myself and my six-year-old son, and she threatened to kill me. Um. Jesus tap dancing Christ. And the court threw all this out. Of course. Yeah, but that's not all. You ready for more? I'm ready. Her husband... Kent Easter, then filed a civil suit against Kelly, claiming that his son was a victim of false imprisonment and intentional infliction of emotional distress. And did I mention that Kent Easter is also a little bitch? Like, these are some bitchy fucking bitches that happen to get married and just continue to be bitches. It's obnoxious. I hate them. I hate them so much. The Easters eventually dropped the suit, and in early 2011, Kelly was elected president of the PTA. Given the volatile history of the previous year, cops began to suspect the Easters, which was further cemented once they revealed the surveillance footage from where the 911 call originated from, and it was a bougie hotel lobby near where Kent worked. Officers obtained search warrants and decided to conduct searches at Kent's workplace and the Easter home simultaneously. And on the morning that the warrants were served, Jill's lover accidentally came into the picture and probably in Jill at some point. <laughs> this While is officers... a whole mess. This is such a mess and I am here for it. No wonder you were messaging me being like, you are not going to believe this shit. <laughs> this, is, this is the drama that I live for. <laughs> As long as it doesn't happen to me. <laughs> like, I'll- this is- this is some, like, yeah, this is my kind of drama. <laughs> so while officers were sitting in their cars outside the Easter home, an off-duty firefighter named Glenn Gomez started walking up the block and then taking off and making a quick phone call once he saw the officers. According to the officers who were uh, sitting in front of the house, Jill came out in dirty birdie negligee before also spotting the car and hurrying inside. Glenn was a married firefighter who lived in L.A. and had been seeing Jill for the last two and a half years. They banged it out, sent dirty pictures, and phone sexed constantly. She called him Poppy, Sex Ninja, and Mr. Delicious. <laughs> he, he called her Baby Girl, Sex Goddess, and Mrs. Delicious. Barf. Wow. So Glenn right. was cleared of any... Glenn was cleared of any involvement. He actually said that it, um, it wasn't against the law to love Jill. And he it's eventually agreed to wear a wire. I know, it's it's not. And he wasn't involved with this bullshit that the Easters were doing. Um, he eventually agreed to wear a wire. And while he was trying to get information out of her, he decided to end things with Jill because, you know, he's like, there's all this shit going on. I can't risk, like, my wife finding out. I could lose my job. I could lose all kinds of shit. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but I can't be a part of it. So Jill behaved how Jill does. She showed up at his house in L.A., 
confronted his wife about their affair, and then sent a letter written in the third person to the dance studio that Glenn's wife worked at. And that was just some, that was some fun tidbits to share to give you some more insight into our wackadoo world. Like this, this woman. It's mostly this woman. She's nuts. Once they were, she is. Once they were able to match the Easter's DNA to the DNA found on items in Kelly's car, arrest warrants were obtained. This, along with Kent's cell phone pinging in an area close to Kelly's car when the drugs were planted, and his appearance on surveillance footage, would be more than enough to prosecute, and they receive felony conspiracy charges. Because of the cops or the couple status and the legal team they hired, the DA's office made sure to keep everything private so that the couple couldn't use their money to wiggle away from their consequences. After the pair were arrested, they of course posted bail, but Kent ended up fired from his law firm. Jill ended up taking the blame for planning the drugs, but this was all only a legal strategy. The Easter's legal team wanted to try the couple separately. Kent wanted his wife to take the stand in his defense, but could only legally do so if their trials were separate. This way, the defense could push for Jill's trial to happen first, and since she had the least amount of evidence against her, she would be acquitted. Then, during Kent's trial, she could take the stand, take the blame for planning the drugs since she couldn't be tried again, and then Kent would be acquitted and they could go back to their stupid, privileged life and probably continue to harass Kelly and have affairs. Except the judge saw right through their bullshit and denied the motion for separate trials. (laughs) Suck it, Easters. (laughs) Jill eventually decided to plead guilty to a felony count of false imprisonment by fraud or deceit so that she could avoid her trial. In 2013, Kent's trial began. The defense decided to go with the pitiful, misogynistic, emasculated husband approach. They stated that Kent didn't have a backbone when it came to his wife and that she wore the pants in the family and pushed him around. Kent took the stand in his own defense and, of course, put all the blame on Jill. He stated he knew she was unfaithful, but felt it was my job to be a husband and stay married. He claimed that he was working 200 plus hours a month just to please his wife and she would constantly nag at him. Then the defense whipped out the email. In this email, sent to Kent from Jill in 2010, Jill talks about Kelly deliberately locking their son out of school. She demanded background checks to be run on Kelly. She wanted to sue literally everybody. She wanted to press charges. She ended her email with almost 70 exclamation points. When asked about his his Blackberry pinging near Kelly's car and Jill's phone pinging at home, they supposedly switched phones. Which is odd because when evidence was being collected, there was a concern about attorney-client confidentiality when police were accessing Uh, Kent's Blackberry. So why would his non-law practicing wife have his phone? Hmm. And I wrote that you said you love, or I love that you wrote you, I love you. (laughs) Oh no, I lost my spot. (laughs) Just look for my. I'm so into this. (laughs) I'm so into this, and I just lost my spot. I told you this shit is wild. (laughs) Oh my god, it's too much. Okay. So, the defense continued to paint Jill as this nasty, overbearing dickhead of a woman, which I agree with to an extent, but I don't agree with using her to weasel out of essentially royally fucking over somebody. And Kent's first trial ended in a mistrial when the jury voted 11-1 to 1 in favor of guilt. When the second trial happened, they had Jill take the stand, except she all of a sudden had hearing loss. <laughs> 
And she wanted more than a sign language interpreter. She wanted a screen that showed the lawyer's questions in real time. Oh. I'm just imagining, like, like this bitch just walks in like, can't hear you. Yeah. Out of what? nowhere. <laughs> so this request was denied, and then the defense decided just not to use her at all. <laughs> They're like, we're done with this bitch. Yeah, like, we're over it. So this trial... The, the prosecutor had something that he didn't look into the first time. And these are data checks that are ran by a cell phone to determine its health. So while text pings showed Jill's phone being at the Easter home, data checks that were done automatically on the phone between midnight and 8 a.m. show pings from Jill's iPhone near Kelly's home. And this Ugh. smooth motherfucker waited until his closing argument to disclose this information and then said, whoops. <laughs> like I found a quote from him and he threw in whoops I love this guy so two hours later Kent was found guilty and Jill later told him to kill himself so she could get his 500k life insurance what the hell wow <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> she needs therapy I need therapy. <laughs> uh, I mean, so do I, but that's this, a story for a different time. So even though one pleaded guilty, one was found guilty, these buttholes didn't serve the proper amount of time. So Jill was sentenced to 120 days in jail, plus 100 hours of community service. Hmm. Ken was sentenced to 180 days, only served half, plus 100 hours of community service, and three years of probation. But... They're both felons, so they're both also disbarred and can no longer practice law. Jill lost her license in 2014. Kent lost his in 2017. And Kent could petition to practice again after five years. So let's see what happens in 2022 if the world is still around by then. <laughs> and these, these assholes have no remorse. There was a 2015 deposition and... When uh, Kent was asked if he thought what he and Jill went through was worse than what they put Kelly through, he responded, I know that. Okay. Like, what the fuck? These assholes. It sounds like they were like, perfect for each other. Seriously. Well, they're divorced now. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Jill changed her name. Now her name is Ava Everhart. So she does porn. Probably. <laughs> I mean, good for her if she does. Um, I guess she, like, she wrote books or some shit, and they were always, like, like mystery romance novels. Okay. <laughs> and were all about finding the perfect revenge. So they kind of had to read through what I'm sure were just, like, shit books to see if they could find any hint of a plan for what, like, they did. So, unfortunately, I guess, yeah, unfortunately, um, Kelly spent most of her days in fear after the drugs were planted. Every morning, she searched her car, and every night that she came home, she'd rush to her door out of fear of someone hiding out waiting for her. She was frequently anxious and hardly ever slept. She started losing her hair, panicked when doors weren't locked, and couldn't walk her dogs without her friends or family walking on either side of her. Aww. Kelly's daughter was also affected, so afraid of being kidnapped that she couldn't sleep alone anymore. And when... Ever Kelly was volunteering at the school, she'd find her daughter sitting alone or pacing and talking to herself. Kelly bought her daughter a sketchbook, which she hid behind, but eventually began asking to leave the school. 
In 2016, a civil jury awarded roughly $5.7 million to Kelly and her family, although the Easters initially tried to appeal, but they did drop the appeals. It's likely that Jill slash Ava owe the family over a million dollars in interest at this point, but Kent was somehow able to settle out of court, and knowing these dirtballs, he probably has money stashed in an offshore account somewhere. Probably. But the Easters are divorced. They're felons, so now they can't work their cushy-ass jobs. And even though Kelly went through all this emotional turmoil, as far as I know, her family's still intact and she's still, like, being the light of everybody's life. Good. So Good for her. So I'm glad. I'm glad she got some, some justice. Go Kelly. And, yeah, go Kelly. I love Kelly. I got most of my information from an LA Times article. It's long as fuck. It came out in like six chapters but it's so good and there's so much more information in there that I kind of recommend everyone read it and I'll figure out how to put I'll put in our link tree in our Instagram bio I'll put a link to the LA Times article because it's just too good yeah if you if you're down to sit down for like an hour and a half and read it but that's my my drama story all right which is my favorite Now I'm going to watch some Chrisley Knows Best and get more drama in my life. They are just full of drama nowadays. I used to love that show. I know there's so much shit going on, I know. but I still love them. Yeah, I think I, I could really... rewatch 90 Day Fiance. Oh, God. I didn't finish the season with Big Ed. Why not? I don't know. I just haven't. I kind of fell out. I was watching it so much. Do you want me to spoil it? No. Okay. I mean, it's not really a spoil, because given the relationship dynamics of all the people involved, um, it's kind of a given that drama ensues. Yeah. Oh, we love all our right. trash. We love trash drama. Some, yeah. Well, I mean, we are... Well, I am garbage. I'm just a walking tire fire. I wouldn't go that far. I would. You're like a walking tire without the fire. I'm just a tire. You're just a tire. <laughs> Well, Andy got a baby. That sounds bad. Um, <laughs> Andy really likes uh, some of the fluffier ragdoll type toys. So does Diamond, but she destroys them in like two seconds. Yeah, he like, he just carries, so yeah, he carries it around and like kind of trots around with it and like cuddles on it and shit, but someone ripped off his foot. It's a little bunny and we call it Andy's baby and he's starting to realize that it's his baby. But one of the dogs tore his foot off. Oh. So I guess I have to do surgery and put the baby back together. And his baby lost his foot. Yeah, honestly, he probably did it. Poor Lola. (laughs) You know what? It might have been Lola because she was throwing it around the room earlier. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Crazy dogs. Alright, folks. We'll be back same time next week. Make good choices. Or don't. Bye. Bye.